Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Are you ready for a great show today? Are you open to hear what we're going to talk about today? Because we are talking about divorce. How we get there and we go, oh my, how did I get here? What did I do? What did I do wrong? What did I do right? But I have transitioned and I am in a place I don't know where I, what I'm doing here. So when you find yourself that way or when you have a friend who is struggling with that decision, this is when you need to send them to discovery to discover their second wind. Because as you know and I know, Where you are today does not necessarily mean where you will be tomorrow. If you get the right information, if you get the right direction, you can actually change your tomorrow by creating a new you and a new direction. So that's what and why I created Second Wind almost five years ago. When I had gone through my divorce and I was thinking, wouldn't it have been wonderful to have had a tool that you can go and hear all of these people that can, one, help you through the change, that have gone through the change, that have made a and gone through the transition of divorce and look where they are today on the other side of sorrow and sadness and pain. They are a new person because they have chosen to create themselves. So let's not delay any longer. I want to share with you our guest for today. Her name is Rochelle Kitchens, and she is a life and transition coach, speaker, and international best-selling author. She is a co-author of Women Thriving Fearless in Business. Her passion is helping women who are balancing a lot of plates in the air. Does that sound familiar? They These women feel like hot messes and are struggling with worry and overwhelm. Every woman who is feeling like a hot mess is dealing with not only pressures, but what Rochelle calls them gremlins that are blocking their achieving success in either their personal or professional life. Now, Rochelle has studied and become a successful coach in her own right, as she will share with us her transition and how she developed into choosing being a coach to help others. She 
did have a life previous to that. She was a graduated, she graduated college with a BS degree in industry and technology and enjoyed a career as an industrial engineer before transitioning into coaching women in their transitions. On the lighter side, I want to also share that in the last four years, Rochelle, because we just constantly improve, 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 Rochelle Rochelle also has transitioned into a marathon runner, which I think is awesome, Rochelle. She has run in half marathons. Woohoo! Good girl. <laughs> I I am impressed. <laughs> and that number is now up to 14. <laughs> 14. Wow. Awesome. Well, I have so many questions that, you know, that I want to go into, but I'm going to have to say the, the one I always like hearing first with my guests is that I'm always ha- so curious as to how you try you prepare we prepare ourselves for one one direction of life and then all of a sudden something happens and we slowly transition into another direction so tell us a little bit about what your your transition was to go from an industrial engineer to a life coach <laughs> Sure. And thank you so much, Joyce, for having me. And I so appreciate the work that you are doing. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me today. Um, well, my transition started with um, my youngest, my daughter. She mm-hmm. was born three months early, 24 weeker. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, my um, husband at the time, both of us were running in our careers. I could, uh, we said I was an industrial engineer and I had been, you know, working in that career for about four or five years at that point when we decided to get pregnant. And having this um, baby that was oxygen dependent on an apnea monitor and taking all sorts of medicine and then mm-hmm. being um, a, a woman and a minority yeah. in uh, engineering at the time was, a, it was a challenge. It was a struggle. And trying mm-hmm. to balance that, it wasn't going well. And mm. one of my highest values is family. So one day I barely made it to the bathroom and, and fell on the floor in the stall, sobbing into my hands thinking, what the heck can I do here? I can't keep up this pace. This isn't working. Um, so when I was able to pull it together and dry my eyes, I marched into the president's office and, and said exactly that. This is not mm. working. Um, at the time, unfortunately, I had a very misogynistic boss who didn't cut me any type of slack. There actually wow. were only two other women in the whole company um, wow. of, of engineers, so you can imagine the atmosphere. Wow. Um, so long story short, I was able to negotiate with the company that I was currently working with to um, be a consultant doing the work I was already doing. So basically, I fell into an engineering consulting business, and mm-hmm. Joyce, I did it all wrong. I didn't register the mistake. <laughs> but, but the point was is that I still needed that income to be able to yeah. care for my family. Um, yes. You know, so I picked up a few other clients. Um, and, you know, my husband at the time, his career was rising. 
And there was still that pressure because when I said, um, you know, I would come into the office or be there for a client or do a training for General Motors University, I had to be there. It didn't matter if the baby was wheezing or needed to go to the ER or whatever. And so it still wasn't working. Mm. So let's fast forward a little bit. And I eventually, um, our family was in a position where I no needed, no longer needed to um, work full time. So I gave yeah. up the business to be a stay-at-home mom. And I did that for, gosh, almost over 15 years. I enjoyed yeah. my role as that. Um, I was very active in my community, in my church um, community, and, and, and with my kids. And so, uh, you know, let's fast forward another leap in time where the kids were leaving the nest. And this is probably the most difficult point here, where I would, I call this my concentrated chaos because within mm-hmm. just a little over two years, um, my dad was um, beaten in the streets of Chicago oh. and <laughs> died from his injuries a few days later. He's murdered. Oh. And while this was going on, now that's hard enough, right, to transition from yeah. a sudden death of, of a parent or anyone in your yeah. life for that matter. Um, right. While that was going on, my marriage was falling apart. My 28-year marriage was falling apart. Mm. Um, um, there was a series of betrayals in my life that ultimately led to divorce. Mm-hmm. Then you sprinkle in that the youngest, my 24-little-week-old miracle baby, was leaving mm-hmm. the nest. And not only was she leaving the nest, she was moving across the country. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law, who I adored, had cancer. My mom had cancer. And then sprinkle in a few breast cancer scares of your own. And I literally was a hot mess. Every possible transition that I could have was happening in a short amount of time. Wow. I could just imagine the stress level you were under. I mean, you were a crazy woman. Yeah. And, And running saved me. I got connected yeah. with God and my maker out on the trail and running saved me. Oh, so you would start running back then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of been yeah. your security, your safety, your safety blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And just cause I, I questioned everything. Um, I was, I was questioning my faith. I was questioning who I was and, and really, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't recognize the person that was staring back at me. And if I'm mm-hmm. being really honest, mm-hmm. I didn't like who I felt either. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. that inner critic, that gremlin that you spoke about at the top of the show, it yeah. was telling me all the ways that I sucked and how I was unworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dark place. Right. right. Heavy. Very mm. Yeah. So what was the first thing you did? Well, after spending way too many months in my ratty pajamas and uh-huh. my granny panties and, and curled yes. up in my chair in my family room, I, I would, people always ask me, well, what was the thing? There wasn't, for me, it wasn't a one thing that happened. It was almost like an awakening that happened in, mm-hmm. in me that, the pain of being in this place and not being able to move got much greater and harder to stomach than getting up and doing something. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to that point, I just said, okay, what do I tell my kids? The only person you can control is you. 
So how do I do that? So um, to make a long story short, I got into a coaching relationship with a relationship coach, and I went into that relationship thinking I would improve as a wife, as a mother, daughter, and -and so-and-so so that I could improve my marriage and save my marriage. But while that wasn't the outcome that I got, what I got was so, so much more. I got in relationship with myself. Mm. I reconnected and rediscovered who Rochelle really was at her core. And the more mm. that I did that, it, it allowed me to see my unique gift mm-hmm. and what I was put here to do. And along that path, I realized that even in all the mess and the chaos that was going on, <laughs> I was still the go-to person. I was the caregiver. I was the person of being in service to others. And then when Mm -hmm. I figured out that, oh, my gosh, I can make a career, a second career out of that, I cashed Mm -hmm. in my IRA, found the best coach training program that I could find and afford. I enrolled. Mm -hmm. From there, I learned that my strongest gift was my capacity to love. And I never would have figured that that out without this Mm -hmm. journey. It wouldn't have been a conscious thing that was known to me. Mm-hmm. Um, is I know they they defer to our values and then our spiritual values. So, did you find your loving capabilities through your spiritual values? Did you do that? Um, I believe yes and yes and no. Um, I think it was probably already inherent in me because that. Just I didn't know any other way to be, but there was a point where, like I said, I I questioned my faith, Yes, um, and I I reconnected with that out on the trail, but um, part of finding that, I'll never forget it, I was at a live training for my coach training, and we had an assignment Mm -hmm. over lunch to call someone to physically speak to them and ask them what our greatest strengths were or something to that effect. Yeah, And so yeah. me being the A-type personality, I called three people. I gobbled my lunch and I called three people. <laughs> well, the first one's not telling me the truth, so I'll call two more. Yeah, exactly. Is that and it? so <laughs> I called my daughter and I uh-huh. asked her the question. And she said without hesitation and almost with a tremble and uncertainty in her voice, she said, Mom, it's your capacity to love. You never get jaded. Even when somebody hurts you and wounds you deeply, you continue to give that love. I was stunned in silence. And I'm a talker. I, I had nothing to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, so I, I thanked her, and I got uh-huh. similar responses from the other two people I called. I called a really good friend, and I called an aunt that I was close to. And I got similar and they responses. they all said your love, your ability to love. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? How yeah. we cannot see those in ourselves. It's, yeah, it's a great exercise. Yeah. 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 Sometimes we need that mirror to, to, yeah. to, for someone to hold that mirror for us because we just can't see it because of all the stuff that is happening right. to yeah. us and around us. Right. Yeah. So you've, so you have, now you went to, did you do one or two coaching uh, degrees? Um, I actually have a certification with 
the International Coach Federation and, uh, and ACC, and I'm pretty close to getting the next level of certification there. But I got my original certification through um, IPEC, the mm, Institute okay. of Excellence in, in Coaching, yeah. Um, and that's like an 11-month or so program, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So would you say that with that exercise that you were um, awakening your self-conscious, your confidence, did that Absolutely. help Absolutely. you know, progress and grow in your confidence, self-confidence? Because I, I think so many of us, that that's one of the keys to growing as we reawaken um, is building our confidence again. Absolutely. Um, and just that was like planting the seed. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the watering of that seed was continuing to work with my coach and then continuing to pull back the layers and really reconnect with me and what made me special and unique mm-hmm. and what I brought um, to this earth and to others' lives and, and figuring out the things that I value and really then wanting to live those values, really live live a values-based life and really show up in my highest potential to yeah. to share that gift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about finding our self-confidence, mm-hmm. um, is there another exercise or story that you could share about uh, working with someone in yes. discovering uh, their self-confidence? As a matter of fact, one of um, my longer-term clients, and she was mm-hmm. with me early on, Mm-hmm. She, God, she's just a beautiful soul for one, but she had, um, prior to us working together, she actually had been diagnosed with this rare metabolic disorder. She had mm-hmm. sold all her things and was preparing to die, basically. But oh. um, she she was able to get this rare split liver transplant, and it basically brought her back from the brink of death, saved her life. And so she she knew she had been given this gift, and she wanted to share her story, but that gremlin and that inner critic, that lack of self-confidence and lower self-esteem had her, like, telling herself all types of stories about how, you know, she was going to be judged, how people Mm -hmm. were going to see her as the person to blame because of the lifestyle she was living. No one was really going to hear what she wanted to say. But it was really heavy on her heart that she felt, she needed to share the story. And so through our working together and really doing some deep dive work around that um, gremlin message and getting getting clear on the shoulds and the have-tos and what her unique inner critic and gremlin was saying to her, because our, our inner critic uses our unique vulnerabilities against us. And when right. we really can understand how that is showing up for us, then that mm-hmm. can go a long way in helping us what I say, flip the switch on that negative chatter so that we can really um, go ahead and achieve the things that we want to achieve. So right. um, with, with Pam, I ended up, um, you know, we worked on that, 
and she was able, she got presented this opportunity to just speak on this radio show. It was a syndicated show that reached about 40,000 or so people. And mm-hmm. when she initially got invited to do the interview, her inner critic, that gremlin, was all on her telling her all the reasons why not to do it. Yeah. But she had learned these tools on how to basically talk back and really flip the switch on her gremlin so that mm. she, you know, said, okay, no, I'm going to do this interview because mm-hmm. this is what I was saved to do. And right. I'm happy to share with you and your listeners that as a result, she went ahead and did that interview. She got all types of calls and reach outs and emails from people that she had never even met telling her how her just sharing her story on that one interview changed how they were going to live their lives, changed um, how they thought about work and what they were doing. And that was able to jumpstart her being uh, a coach in a support group at the medical center where she had had her transplant, helping Uh other people in the similar situation, you know, deal with that transition of um, transplant. And Mm -hmm. she's sharing her message. She's doing exactly what she wanted to do. And that was help other people who who were going through what she had been through and Mm -hmm. um, help them navigate that. Right. Right. One of the, you know, tools that we all use, um, and it's one of mine that I use quite often, (laughs) even though we're a continual, you know, we are a product of continual change, I believe. But is the procrastination, you know, Mm -hmm. I can procrastinate pretty good. I can get lost in the TV. I could do all sorts of things like that and then spend a few hours beating myself up for doing that. But how do you work with somebody when they're faced with uh, needing to focus more on their on their going forward and less on their procrastination? Well, one procrastination is a big, big red flag. At least a yellow one in most cases. That, <laughs> yeah, that our gremlin is running the show because yeah. we usually are procrastinating for maybe three reasons. One, mm-hmm. we're like in defiance, secretly in defiance, because we feel like we're being told that we have to do something. And yes. then we also might be procrastinating because we have a fear of it's a way to give us an out. Like if we don't give it our all, we can't really fail. And then mm-hmm. that last one is either we have fear of failure or fear of success. Those are the reasons why we procrastinate and why we put things off because we're 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 concerned and we're worried about the outcome and worried about about not doing it quote unquote perfect. And so mm-hmm. I start to um when people are telling me they're procrastinating that, oh I have this big vision, this big goal for myself and for my life, but I'm not getting there. We start mm-hmm. to dig back and, and, and I even have them keep a procrastination log. Just do what you do for a whole day or a whole week. And let's then go back and look at that in black and white. Where are you getting sucked in? And then once they have an awareness that how they're procrastinating, we can pull mm-hmm. back the layers on the why are you procrastinating. So, okay, you spent 20 minutes, you know, scrolling in Twitter or on Facebook. What yes. were you feeling when, when you were doing that and not doing X, Y, Z that you said you really wanted? Mm-hmm. And then when they get in touch with what they were feeling, that usually starts to pull back the curtain on one of those three things. Well, I'm really afraid 
to, to begin because I'm worried that I won't be perfect or that, you know, I'll be judged or criticized or won't be good enough. Or I'm worried that, oh, this could really take off and then what? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> then what am I going to do? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. So I think a lot of women deal with procrastination, the fear of being seen, mm-hmm. uh, of seeing that, that they're really enough to be yeah. whoever they want to be. Um, somehow we get the short straw when we're younger. We interpret it somehow that we're just not enough. And so mm-hmm. do you, in working with women, do you find this to be a, a natural thing? Absolutely. Uh, that gremlin voice, that inner critic, mm-hmm. was born somewhere, and mm-hmm. it was reinforced uh, along the way. And I know yeah. through my own work exactly when mine was born, at least the earliest that I can remember. Um, and some of its messages are, are around perfectionism that we talked about. And so that's some of the work that I do. I have um, my clients go through what I call a life map. And so we look at the peaks and the valleys in their, their life. And then mm-hmm. we start to tap into, okay, so what were the feelings around this? And what do you think about your overall life map? If, and usually we get, they pull out all the stuff that didn't happen and how they didn't come up to snuff and kind of ignore the high peaks. Mm-hmm. And then if I say, okay, now look at this life map as if it were someone else's. It totally changes. Like, oh, well, she was really a go-getter here, here, and here. And just mm-hmm. <laughs> can't even see that, you know, this is my own stuff and how we view it differently when it is someone else. We are quick to um, point out our own flaws. And, again, like uh-huh. I said, that's kind of what we've been trained to do, and that's what our mm-hmm. gremlin messages have have taught us to do, and it's usually because something happened along our journey that Mm -hmm. our gremlin is trying to protect us from. I'll share this story really quick. When I was young, I lived with my grandparents, and when I was probably like five, six maybe, um, just starting school, I could count by five up to 100 without fail. The teacher would often bring me to the front of class to do this, demonstrate to the other students, and one day I messed up. And that teacher paddled me in front of the whole class. Oh, that's bad teaching. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But what I know now, and I didn't Uh know through my whole journey in life, is that's the day my gremlin was born. Because what did that teach me? That perfection was the only way. Yeah. Approval came from other people, period. Yeah. Yeah. And it was reinforced in several areas throughout my life. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a short break here. I'm going to have to stop us. But, you know, that gremlin stays with us for a long time. And it's really going back to the cause, as you've just shown us, that really provides the solution, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, when we come back, we're going to be talking about more things about how we self-sabotage ourselves and that it all requires action. So when we come back, Rochelle will share more of her wisdom with us. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. 
Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. Now we're talking today with Rochelle Kitchen, and she is a transition coach. And Rochelle, I love the story about how you, we actually we can set ourselves up for uh, situations like I'm not enough by Mm -hmm. examples. I love the story about it. I I just can't believe a teacher would do that, spank you in front of the the class. But those things do happen. And Mm -hmm. uh, the messages that we get from them are that I always have to be perfect or I'll be spanked embarrassed or um, held accountable in front of my peers. So what a great story. And, um, and it played probably played out in your life for quite a few years. I would imagine my whole life, because the next next piece to that story is I couldn't wait to get home to tell my grandma what had happened. Because I knew my sore bottom and her Mm -hmm. wrath against the teacher, what she had done. I was going to get even. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. really? Yes. Grandma stood me up in front of the mirror and Uh made me recite, counting by five, over and over and over again while she sat on the bed behind me watching. Now, she didn't do that because she was being mean. She was doing that to protect me from future embarrassment, from being paddled again. And that, again, that gremlin message that, you 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 got to do it perfectly. If you, if you if you can't do it perfect, don't do it. Yeah, right. And that that was that that thing. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not embarrassed to say I'm going to be 55 on my birthday. So, um, do you remember that? Um, it was I, I think it was the perfume commercial, um, Anjali. Yes, Anjali. Mm-hmm. And, and they were they were had the woman. You could bring home the bacon. Uh-huh. And never let you forget you're a man if you remember that. You can Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that commercial was hitting the airwaves and was popular when I was a teenager. And, um, you know, my friends and I would dance around singing that song. And so what did that teach me? That I had to be everything to everybody all the time, period. More of that perfectionist message Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but you know what i always love i love to hear the stories of the wisdom of our grandmothers and our older people in their life how they can make it seem so simple and just it just they just take it easier they transition us so uh, with so much love 
I love your mm-hmm. the story about your grandma. <laughs> I do. That's special. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about um, self-sabotaging ourselves through thinking. Are there other ways that we self-sabotage ourselves? And yeah, and some of it we do without even really realizing it, mm-hmm. because because we tend to um, our gremlin knows us really well. Mm-hmm. It's not our number unless we flip switch on that, and so mm-hmm. it will convince us and have us rationalizing. Well, I've got ten things to do on my to do list, but I'm going to do the things that don't really move me forward. So that I can say, I got five things done. Or I'm going <laughs> to rationalize why not to make that phone call to get that job or get that promotion or get that client because yeah. whatever the story is that you're, that you're telling yourself. And so sometimes we are self-sabotaging ourselves and we're not even aware that we're doing it because it's showing up in the form of rational, rationalization. Right. Yeah. One that I see so many of my friends doing is the way we talk ourselves down, use our words. Our words are just terrible sometimes, the way we talk to ourselves. It's so limiting. You know, I'm going to die if I have to do this. I can't lose weight. I'm too fat. I'm too this. I just, it's, and you know, even myself, I catch myself doing it. Now, we're much more aware of it than our friends may be. And so, you know, we can cancel, cancel, or do whatever we want to do to take that thought out of our mind. But there are so many people that walk around sabotaging themselves just strictly with their their language. Absolutely. And, Joyce, thanks for pointing that out because that is key. Think about this. Um, and, and I want your listeners to think about this. Think about mm-hmm. all the times you say, I have to. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I must. I got to. And usually that, that inner kid in us, think about mm-hmm. toddlers get good at this when they say no. And as adults, we lose this. But mm-hmm. we get, we, we will, we have this inner rebellion going on because we're saying out loud, I have to, I should, and we're feeling like we're being told that we have to do something and we really don't want to do it. And that language kind of implies to our brain that that's what's going on. And so we've got this inner battle. But think about the power of choice. If you were to say, I want to explain to me, or I am going to choose when to start X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That's very different energetically and what you feel in your body. And there brings mm-hmm. a very different attitude to whatever you're doing than I have to. When you say I have to, people's shoulders usually slump. Yes. They take a side. <laughs> Think about yeah. that. Uh, sort of like if I have to, I'm going to delay this or is Draw it out as long as I can before I take action. Because I'm being, think about the kid who's being told, go clean your room. Yes. Now, (laughs) if they were told to do it, you know, they're going to drag it out. They're going to procrastinate. They're going to be in defiance. 
because they don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when they have to step up or take responsibility for themselves, it's really sometimes a battle to get themselves mm-hmm. to do what they know in their heart they should do. And I would even I would even invite people to refrain that you know that I need to do. Because right. whatever your big goal is for yourself, whatever that big mm-hmm. vision is, that's something that you want. And mm-hmm. so when you break that down, the steps that are going to get you there, again, it's the things that I want to do, the things that I choose to do that are going to get me this big thing, that the life that I want to be living, the job that I want, the relationship that I want, even the car, the, the new pair of shoes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, you're, you like to talk about taking action on some of this. Um, I know sometimes I have to break things down into baby steps almost to get mm-hmm. some action going. Um, mm-hmm. because taking the overall view going from, I'm just, learning this to, okay, I've produced my first book. There's a lot of steps in there. And so how do you help somebody break action down, positive action down when they look, when they go for their goals? Great question, Joyce. I do teach a technique. I call it aiming to make smart goals. And Mm -hmm. so we really look at, because sometimes we set goals that are so lofty and mm-hmm. we set unrealistic expectations. And so when we, um, you know, we want to take a look at what's acceptable, what's kind of like the I- ideal, and then make sure that we, we have a way to measure. Because often, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's as simple as think about all the people that want to lose weight at the beginning of the year. Oh, that's a good one. Weight. <laughs> I want to lose weight. Yeah. Well, that's a big goal. What does that mean? We need to really get specific. We need to be able to measure what it is that we want and then break down the action steps. So what is it going to take for you to lose weight? Let's look at the absolute very first thing that you can do to start to lose weight. And we, mm-hmm. I break the, have them break those steps down. And then as they break those down, I, I want them to really check in with themselves and say, okay, What's the absolute minimum that I can do around this goal and this stuff? What's the ideal, like the knock it out of the park situation? But really, what is realistic now with those two bookends that I can do based on all the commitments I currently have on my plate, everything that I have going on, all the resources, what's really actually realistic? Because I think Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of people get tripped up, where they have this big goal, they don't have a way to measure it so they never know when they get there. They right. they set it so high that they're not taking into account is it really realistic and they haven't identified the steps that are going to get them there. Like you said, really breaking it down into its smallest chunk. And then yeah. I say success in spurt. So, right. you know, set a timer for 15 minutes. Whatever you can tolerate. If it's 15 minutes, like writing that book. Set a timer mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. And write whatever you can write. Turn off the devices, turn off the distractions, and write whatever you can write. 
Yeah. How did you move from, um, well, how did you move into being a runner? Did you um, have, you- again, it initially, yeah, it initially, I mean, I was a runner in my youth, <laughs> you oh. know, when I was in high school, um, yeah. but hadn't done it in, as an adult. Um, but I, again, part of that discovery process for me was mm-hmm. realizing because I valued family and because I valued um, my health and mm-hmm. the fact that I wanted to um, live that gift, be able to share my capacity to love, I couldn't right. do that if I wasn't in good health. Right. And so, yeah. so that's where that came back to. So I started walking and then I started doing a, a run walk and then I ended up connecting with the runner's group and being very active in that group. And um, Oh, that was good. About, yeah, probably yeah. about 10, minutes, 10 months after that process started, I ran my first half marathon. Yeah. I wonder if you would have ever run the marathon if you hadn't created the community. I'm not sure. Because that's really, I mean, that's really important, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure. But like I said, it, it really all boiled down to um, health. That I, mm-hmm. in order for me to be there for my family, in order for me to share my gift, um, it was important that I be in good health. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really impressed that you did the community. That I that really calls to me because I think we get a, if we're trying to do something that really is difficult and is a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And I know running for me would be a challenge, but I can see where it was so wise of you to to connect with the community. So and that and you it was. Could, I made a lot of great friends. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, we motivated each other to this day. I still am in, uh, friends with some of the people that were in my my running club, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, it, it was a great experience. And even yeah. in that, because I was going through all of that transition that I uh, shared with you earlier, oh yes, that also um, not that I was leaning on these people or necessarily sharing with the group as a whole, but there right. were a few people in that group that became close and knew what was going on. And so that was a source of support because um, when we, you know, divorce is a small word, but it takes in so many things. You know, we, we lose family and friend connections. We lose community. um, Mm. And then to be able to have a place where I could still feel plugged in was important. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I think even having something new is important. That would be yeah. new for you in the in the sense that actually creating a new group is adds interest and excitement. I would. And it, think. it was. I actually even had a women's social group um, during yeah. this period too, where you know we got together, we read books, we we went out to dinner, we went to each other's houses, we hung out. Um, and supported one another um, yeah. in that way, helping other women make um, powerful connections in their personal yeah. life was the point of the group. Um, and so that 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 was in, that was important. Um, yeah, and, I know, love that idea. Running, I love it. Even in the running, I know that um, you have uh, shared with me that you want to give my listeners a freebie. Um, yes. So uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So this is um, 
as I said before, I really think it's important, um, no matter what type of transition you're in, divorce, empty nesting, whatever it is, because mm-hmm. here's, here's the deal. Change and transition is inevitable, but mm. suffering does not have to be. Suffering doesn't have to be. And part of turning down the volume on where we think we have to suffer in silence is really that reconnecting, just hitting the reset and reconnecting with who we are at our core and what makes us special and Mm -hmm. getting in touch with that. And then that's going to allow us to tap into um, and step into our our power, really, is, is, is where that leads. And so, and and when I talk about tapping into your power, I'm not talking about, you know, being forceful or manipulative or aggressive. That's not what I'm talking about at all. What I'm Mm -hmm. talking about when I talk about women stepping in their power is really being in alignment and being in balance with everything they want in their life. I'm talking about trusting that you're in the right place at the right time. Mm. I'm talking about ditching whatever mask that you've been wearing up until this point and yes. really embracing who you truly are. Uh-huh. And then, you know, that, 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 um, that confidence to ask for what you want mm-hmm. and make those while keeping those strong connections in your relationships. And then the power to claim your joy and deliver whatever your gifts are and finding mm-hmm. out what those gifts are and, um, Owning your part and knowing that you are the creator of your own life. You own a part in that and that you can create the life that you want and deserve. And so that's why I am so um, honored that you're allowing me to share this guide with your um, listeners. It is the um, reset and reconnect with what makes you special. And just just going through, I mean, think about this. If someone, before you went through on your transformational journey, if someone were to ask you what your strengths were or what made you special, would that have stumped you? It stumped me. Yeah. Yeah. We just <laughs> and, don't think and, about ourselves. Yeah. And, and could, would you be able to talk honestly about your good qualities or would it make you feel really, really uncomfortable? Or would you even know? Well, I might not know. Um, and then I might say what they want to hear me say. <laughs> exactly. You're trying to blazer. get out what you, what you think they're fishing for, whatever, yes. not really giving it, 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 it much thought. And so yeah. this, this, this simple guy is really, if, if, um, your listeners spend some time with this, I'd, I'd invite them to just set a timer, go off by yourself. It's not something you have to share unless you choose to, but really start to connect and take a look at everything that is you and really pull to the surface the things that make you unique because there's only one of you ever on this earth. There's only going to be one of you ever on this earth, and there is something special and unique that you bring to this planet and bring to the people in your lives. And if you can have some awareness about that, you really can take that and fuel whatever goal um, you want in your life yeah. to be able to create the things that you want. Right. And so um, your listeners can go to levelupforlife.solution, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S, levelupforlife.solution. 
and grab that guide. Okay. And the it, level up number four, right? Four. Yes. It can, they can spell it out, F-O-R, or the number four, either way. Oh, really? Oh, awesome. it, It'll get them to the same place. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, I want to go get that myself. I always like to get whatever you all are so generous to offer to the listening audience because it's all, they're always great and beneficial. You know, to have in our, in our toolkits, as I call them. Absolutely. So also, you, where could they go to get your book? Uh, and what's your website? Yes, my website is level up the number four life dot coach, C-O-A-C-H, coach. Yes. And then they can go to Amazon and actually have three books that I'm um, contributing. The last one is the um, the one thing every mom should know, and I oh. am the ex- I'm, I'm the expert on vision boards in that book on how to reach your goals through vision boards. And then the Women Thriving Fearlessly and the Sisterhood uh. Connection books. They are all available on Amazon. Yes. Well, I'm another, I'm your soul sister because I love to do vision boards, teach vision boards, and I know you do. So, so anyway, I'm a big believer in the vision board work. Mm -hmm. So we're Mm -hmm. connected that way. Yeah. Um, so you also participate in something called, um, Divorce and Thriving Summit. Yes, correct? that is my. Yes, that is my summit. Your, your summit. All right. Can, yeah, your, your listeners can go to divorceandthriving.com, and oh, okay. um, they can see all the topics that will be running again live this year, probably um, around November. Um, uh-huh. We're gearing up to do that again, but that whole summit was geared toward women who were just about to come out of divorce or on the other side of divorce Mm -hmm. and who really felt in their, you know, from the roots of their hair to the tips of their toes, really felt that there's something more, that that it's not over, life isn't done, and really Mm -hmm. wanted to find a way to pick up the pieces and move on to the next phase and not just survive it but thrive in doing Mm -hmm. so. And so... It's full of resources around your finances. It's full of resources around relationships. It's full of resources around connecting with um, who you really are and your passion and, and living and creating the life that you want and deserve. And so um, that's a, it was a five-day summit. So, yeah, they can go to Divorce and Thriving and check that out. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is a wonderful tool to offer people. Because there's so many facets of divorce that when you go through divorce, you have additional responsibilities you take on. You know, mm-hmm. when we're in a, a marriage, we divvy up the the uh, responsibilities. And mm-hmm. so when we're a single, now we're all of the things. So there's lots to learn. So that I, yeah. I really love that you do this summit because it's a great resource. I can see you, you, you must have what six? You must have six a day, so thirty or more people in your in the yep. summer giving information. Mm-hmm. And each yeah. day was kind of divvied out by 
like I said, I think the first day was finances. The next day was um, like your health, your overall health, you know, physical, mental, mm-hmm. spiritual mm-hmm. health. Uh, I think we had a day about finding your purpose and passion. We had a oh. day about co-parenting and what that looked like. Um, mm. And then we had a day of just really building up you, what's next for you, and how do you step into your potential and create the life that you want beyond divorce. Yes. You have it on parenting? I'm looking at yes, it. Yes, there, there was a section. Um, there was a great couple. That was a great interview, in fact. They um, they actually have a podcast, um, and I, it, the name is escaping me. Um, Happily demarried is what is the podcast, but um, they the two of them are actually divorced, and they do this podcast. And the interview was their experience of, around how they successfully co-parent their children, even though they're divorced. Yes, and sometimes that co-parenting relationship can be very um, contentious. Oh, and, it's very tricky. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even, no matter what age your kids are. <laughs> right. And so, yes. um, you know, I think that that's important, too, because as moms, as women, um, we're the caregivers. And it adds an extra layer of stress when our mm-hmm. kids are um, suffering or, or, or stressed out because yeah. of the change in uh, the family dynamic. Yeah, definitely. So, oh, I, I really like this idea. So I, um, that is in the last of the year when that appears. So yeah, that's going to be, and I would love to have you on, Joyce, because I think you have a ton of value to bring. <laughs> oh, thank you. I want to be there. I want to be there. So how do people uh, get notified at, that they can uh, participate, in, uh, attend the summit? Would they go um, to your we website will, and yeah, sign we will up? Some, yeah, yeah there will be a, a page that will eventually allow them to sign up for the summit. Um, we'll yeah. probably do that about two or three weeks before um, the launch. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's probably going to be about the, the first or second week in, in uh, November. And, okay. um, you know, they can ch- be checking my website as well because we'll have a, you know, a notice of the upcoming events up there. Um, yeah. And they can sign up from there as well. Right. Yeah. So while, while Rochelle's information is present on your mind, can they go and sign up for that now? Get their name on, on your website? Is there a place? They cannot yet because I'm actually in the process of changing the platform over. So, uh-huh. Of um, your so website? Behind the scenes, not on my website, but where, for where the summit runs. It's oh. on one platform currently and then we're changing it over to something that makes it even more user friendly. Um, for yeah. the people who participate. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's an, that's something we're always changing, aren't we? Our websites yeah. change, we change, our living changes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if you're going to live on this earth, you're going to change. <laughs> yes, change is inevitable, but suffering doesn't have to be. Yeah. Well, Rochelle, we are... We are closely ending our show for today. It has been so interesting. Good stuff has come out today. I really, really um, enjoy sharing that with my audience. Um, great information. And I do encourage my listeners to go to level up for number four, life 
dot coach and just go through Rochelle's website. She offers so much on the website that you need to be aware of. You can see her different programs, how she can support you. So anyway, I thank you, Rochelle, for being with us today. You are so welcome. And make sure you go to level up for life that solution to grab your guide that oh, yes, yes, yes. with you. Yes. So Dear listeners, I want to thank you for being here today. I hope you have found this as beneficial as I have. I think you got great information today. And so I thank you for being here. I hope you have a good week. Make it a good week. Decide it will be a good week, and it will be. So until next week, have a great week. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.